Chapter 10 Surrounded by the thick forest she continued to run, as the loud voices and sounds cried out all around her. Her heartbeat was thumping so hard, she thought her chest was going to burst. Every breath she took made her lungs feel like she was exhaling fire. She grabbed at her chest, but it did no good. With no more options she started to run again through the forest. But what is she running from? What is she looking for? She stopped in mid-stride and looked around the forest that was quickly losing light. The perspiration slid down her deep chocolate back, making her blouse stick to her skin. She ignored the discomfort her body moisture was causing and looked down at her chest. She seemed to notice for the first time the glowing heart that dangled from the solid gold chain around her neck. She touched the heart and the voices in the forest began to get louder, but she could not understand what they were saying. What language is that? She asked herself, turning her focus back to the heart. The thumping beat echoed throughout the forest giving her the urge to hum to it. The rhythmic beat flowed in an intoxicating steady sequence. She released the heart and tried to speak, but no words came out. Then she tried to scream, but no sound came out. The beat and the voices got louder. Unable to ask the voices what they were saying or what they wanted was scaring her. Tears began to mix with the perspiration as they slid down her cheeks. Sahara, Sahara, wake up. Sahara's eyes snapped open and she found herself staring up into the concerned face of Lady Light. For a moment, Sahara did not know where she was. Are you okay? Lady Light asked. Water, Sahara said with a dry mouth. Lady Light reached over and poured her a cup of water. Sahara sat up on the thick comforter she slept on, drank the cup of water and looked into Lady Light's eyes. I'm sorry. For what my queen? You only had a bad dream. There's no wrong in that, Lady Light said with a grin on her face. I just, I don't know. I was scared, Sahara said looking down at the ground. Don't worry about that, we all get scared sometimes. But I can't let my people ever see me scared, right? Sahara said with her eyes full of questions. Lady Light sat down next to Zahara and said, No Sahara. I'm afraid not. We are our people's inspiration. We are the force that drives our people's will to protect us with their lives and build a land for us to govern and rule. If our people ever witnessed us having a moment of weakness for any reason, then our position of power and leadership will be in question. And somewhere down the line a resistance might build, Lady Light told the young queen. So, do you think I will ever have a moment to myself, where I, like I might be having a scary moment, but, Lady Light saw the young queen was struggling with what she wanted to say, so she spoke up for her. Sahara, we all have scary moments and bad dreams, but always remember when you are in the face of the people, always stand firm in your position as their queen and leader. Sahara nodded, then asked, do you ever get scared Lady Light? Lady Light smiled and said, sometimes, in a conspire's tone. But what do you do? Sahara asked. I say a silent prayer to the gods of song and I ask them to give me the strength I'll need to lead the people. Always in a peaceful light. Sahara subconsciously cradled the heart with her right hand. Do you think I will ever be able to rebuild Pakistan back to the beautiful city it once was? She asked with a sadness in her eyes. Of course you will Sahara, Lady Light quickly said. Did you forget what I just told you about being the force that drives your people to do things they never believed they would be able to do on their own? She asked with a big smile. Sahara giggled. No. I didn't forget. All right then.
Now, when you get the opportunity to rebuild Pakasound, what are you going to do? Lady Light asked. I'm going to lead my people to build a productive society, Sahara said with authority, then she smiled. That's the spirit. Remember, your people will always follow you, if they can believe in you, Lady Light said as she took Sahara's hand. But a people that can't believe in their leader, will be lost and confused and they will eventually turn against you. So always lead with firm laws and words, but maintain your love and heart for your people. Lady Light said. Sahara nodded, thank you Lady Light. You are welcome. I remember when I was a young queen with similar questions on my mind. So I know how you feel. Now come with me. I want you to meet someone today, Lady Light said with a lot of enthusiasm in her voice. She pulled Zahara to her feet and they bumped into Nalani as they stepped into the hallway. Well hello my lady, Nalani greeted Zahara with a bright smile. I was about to come check on you, but I see the lady of the house has beat me to it. I'm sorry Nalani. Lady Light said returning the smile. But I wanted Zahara to meet someone today. Oh, and who might that be? Nalani asked. Why don't you join us and see for yourself? Lady Light said taking Nalani's hand. The three women chatted amongst themselves as they made their way down the castle halls. Every person they passed greeted the two queens and Nalani with bright smiles and kind greetings, before turning their attention back to their chores. Lady Light took the two women to a big door that did not look like it had a lock on it. But she still knocked on the door as if it was locked. Who's there? A voice barked from the other side. It's me apostrophe. Lady Light said, then she looked back to her two guests. Don't worry, his bark is louder than his bite. The three women giggled, then the door clicked. A man wearing a pair of wire-rimmed spectacles on his chocolate-brown face stuck his head out the opening in the door. The first thing Zahara took notice about him was a long part running through the side of his short afro. Lady Light you were supposed to stop by and see me week ago. How do you know I'm not busy now? He asked with a hint of a grin on his lips. Number one, it was only two days ago, and two I know my favorite wizard can make time for his favorite student, Lady Light said with a smile big enough to melt the toughest heart in Musina. You used your flattery card on me the last time. Who are these two beautiful ladies with you today? He asked. These two ladies are guests of the house who would love to spend some time with you, because I told them you had the answer to all of their desired questions, Lady Light said, trying to entice the man. Oh really? They are seeking answers? He asked, sounding more interested. That's right. Now are you going to open the door? Or are you going to continue to be rude? PD smiled, and then opened the door. Come on in ladies. Lady Light led the way through the steel door and down the torch-lit stairwell. They descended down into the cellar dwelling in silence until they reached the bottom landing. Sahara and Nalani, I would like you to meet PD the wizard, Lady Light said. P.D. This is Zahara, the queen of Pakasound, and her trusted guardian Nalani. You're kind of young to be a queen, he said looking her up and down. Then his eyes rested on the heart dangling from around her neck. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Zahara asked as he shook her hand with a gentleness she did not expect to come from him. Not too many bad things come through the land of the brook looking as pretty as you, P.D. said making Zahara blush. You're just as pretty looking as your young queen here. He said to Nalani, as he took her hand with the same gentle touch, making her blush just as hard as Sahara just did. Thank you, Nalani said.
No, thank you for bringing some sunshine down here. All right, that's enough P.D. apostrophe, Lady Light said cutting the wizard off. He swears he's the smoothest man in the brook. The three women giggled, as P.D. held a look of enthusiasm. Having the women in his underground abode was stirring a good feeling inside of him. Sahara looked around and was amazed at the colorful pieces of furniture and other unidentifiable objects in the wizard's dwelling. She was sure P.D. had a method to his decorative coordination, but from a distance, it looked more like the perfect place for a mad scientist, than a great wizard. Books, large and small in length and width were spread across the room on bookcases and two tables. In the center of the room a large oak wood table the size of a five-person dining table, held the biggest book in the room. Sahara had never seen a book bigger than the Book of Pakasound. If the books in the brook were almost the size of her little brother, she could only imagine the size of the books in the Kingdom of Seoul. A medium-sized fire crackled in a makeshift chimney, with a black pot suspended in mid-air over it. Sahara was about to question what she knew she had to be seeing, but P.D. quickly directed his guests to join him over by another large table. Five glasses the size of pineapples bubbled with white smoke spilling off into the air. What is that? Nalani asked, pointing at one that had blue liquid spilling out, when it touched the ground it disappeared. This my love, is my romance potion, P.D. said with a twinkle in his eye. You want to try it? Lady Light slapped him on his shoulder, no she doesn't want to try it. Zahara giggled and P.D. quickly turned to a long wooden staff. Okay. Well this is what I wanted to show you. I've been working on it for some time now, and I think I finally have it under control. Lady Light stared at the wooden stick, then moved up to its gold handle. Engraved in the handle was the brook insignia. After sizing it up she concluded it is a walking stick. That's nice P.D. but do you think it's time for you to be walking around with a walking stick? I thought you had at least another ten years in you before it came to that, Lady Light said with a grin dancing on the corners of her lips. Ha ha, how very funny, he said sarcastically. For your information, this staff was made for the Queen of the Brook. Oh really? Lady Light chuckled. Last time I checked, you were the one around here with the gray and white afro. Sahara and Nalani chuckled at the funny exchange between the good friends. You just reminded me, I have to make a potion for that, the wizard said as he subconsciously patted his three-inch-high afro. Anyway, this isn't just any old staff or walking stick. This, my lady, is to enhance your powers of touch. I didn't know you had powers of touch, Sahara said with a surprised look in her eyes. I do. I try to limit its use for encounters with people I don't trust. Then I look into their person, Lady Light briefly explained, and turned back to the wizard. So what is it supposed to do? P.D. handed her the staff and said, Here, see for yourself. As soon as she handled the staff, Lady Light could feel its energy flow through her body. Wow! This feels... It feels like it's alive, she said with a slow smile creeping up on her face. That it is my dear, P.D. said. Then he shuffled over to the other side of the room. Here, aim the staff at this. Then focus on what you want to happen. You mean, I can make that into whatever I want it to be? Lady Light asked. That's right. If you want it to disappear, then that is what will happen. Go ahead, try it, P.D. said, and he stepped away from the large bookcase he told her to aim at. Okay. Lady Light aimed at the bookcase and a white flash of light shot out of the staff. The bookcase turned into a tan-colored cat. Meow, the cat purred. 
Wow, Sahara and Nalani said at the same time. Can I do it again to the same thing? Lady Light asked. Sure can, PD said with a pleased look in his eyes. Lady Light zapped the cat and turned it into a small snake. Before the snake could slither off, she zapped it and turned the snake into a great plant. Whoa PD it has such. A real feel to it. I can't even explain it right now, Lady Light said with a twinkle in her eyes. It's supposed to give you that feeling, PD the wizard said. But if someone else got a hold of it, then they could use it on me. Right? She asked with a concerned look on her face. Of course not when I said, I made it specifically for you, then that's what I did my dear. It will only respond to your touch. Not anyone else, PD said with a proud look on his brown face. Really? Well let's see. Here Zahara, you try it, Lady Light said handing her the staff. Always one to question the Great One, PD said shaking his head, as he stood off to the side with a smirk on his face. You sure? Zahara asked with a timid look in her eyes. Sahara, what did I say to you earlier when you woke up? Lady Light asked. The two women's eyes met and the silence between the two was a moment that only they would forever know about. Zahara shook her head. Okay. She took the staff and aimed it at the grape plant. Do you feel anything? Lady Light anxiously asked. No. It feels like a normal stick, Zahara said unimpressed the staff didn't work for her. Now can we move on? P.D. asked. Okay, you win this round Mr. Wizard, Lady Light said with her bright smile lighting up the room. Thank you. No problem Mrs. Light. Now, what brings you two ladies to the land of the brook? He asked as he stirred up a yellow-colored liquid in one of his bubbling cylinders, the drunket. Our land was attacked. So we are on our way to the kingdom of Seoul, Sahara said, then she giddily asked, please don't tell me that was some type of altering potion that's going to make you blow up? The other two women giggled. No my love. That was just some good old orange juice, PD said and he walked closer to Zahara. And what is that you're wearing around your neck? He asked intrigued by the glowing gem. Well my father said it's the heart of Pakasound. Zahara said. I know of Pakasound. That's where you traveled from? PD asked. Yes. My father said. My mother found it in the woods one day, and ever since then it has been called the heart of Pakasound, Zahara explained. Can I touch it? He asked. Yeah. I guess, Zahara said without any reservations. P.D. Gently jigged the gem in his hand and it seemed as if all of the life had suddenly died under his touch. Whoam, interesting, he mumbled to himself. Then he shuffled over to the big book that laid open on the large desk in the middle of the room. What is it PD? Lady Light asked as she strolled over to the table to look over his shoulder. I don't know, he mumbled to himself as he flipped through the large pages. Sahara and Nalani walked over to also take a look at what the wizard was looking for in the book. What kind of book is this? Nalani asked. This my dear, is one of the most knowledgeable books in Musina, PD said without taking his eyes off of the pages. After a moment of silence, Nalani continued her inquiry. You said most of Musina. Does that mean there are others like it? Yes, there's at least one in the kingdom of Seoul that's just as strong, if not more powerful in some of its scriptures, and there may be a few others scattered throughout the world, PD said as he continued to flip through the large pages. 
Nalani and the two queens tried to quickly scan the words and languages P.D. was scanning over, but the wizard had the advantage of knowing what he was looking for, while the three women needed more time to put the sentences together. He stopped flipping the pages for a second, read something to himself, and turned around. Back up. P.D. snapped. The three women jumped back with embarrassing looks on their faces. Give me some air. P.D. said fanning himself. I can't breathe with you three breathing down my neck. They giggled as he stared at the heart again. Sahara let me ask you something, what kind of powers does this heart possess? P.D. asked. I don't know. My father said, my mom was the only one who knew about its powers, but she died one day and I guess its secret died with her, she tried to explain the little information she had. And you've never tried to channel in with its powers? He asked. No. Why? Because it looks like it's only responsive to your touch. Just like how the staff is to Lady Light's touch. But we know about her powers and what happens once they are married with the staff. But what about you? What kind of power do you possess? P.D. asked with a curious look in his eyes. Sahara felt a little ashamed. I don't have any. Of course you do. You just haven't channeled them yet, P.D. said nonchalantly. Why do you say that? Nalani asked. Because I can feel the friction a person gives off when they come around me, and from the moment you came around me I felt the friction, he said as he stared at the young queen. For real? Sahara said with a surprised look on her face. Yes for real. Now, the only problem I have is the book doesn't mention anything about the heart. However, I'm sure if you stuck around here for a little while I would be able to help you cultivate your powers and get them to blend with the powers within the heart, he said confidently. The three women were silent, while Sahara milled over the idea of discovering inner powers she never knew she had. Sahara had so many unanswered questions running through her head, now that the wizard brought this news to light, but her journey was more important at this moment in time. No, sorry PD, but we have to get back on the road. I wouldn't feel right laying over for a long period of time when my parents are looking for me to get my brother to the Kingdom of Souls safely. That's even better. I'm pretty sure the Queen of High Hop Soul can help you in the same ways I was planning on helping you, P.D. said. He's right, Lady Light said. Queen Mary Jane is very powerful with the gods of song. Suddenly hit with a thought, P.D. asked, are you going to be around tomorrow? Yes. We should be back on the road in two more days, Sahara said. Great. I want you to come here tomorrow, P.D. said excitedly. Sahara's face lit up. Okay. Good. Now you three, too. I have work to do, P.D. said, as he playfully rushed them toward the stairs. You see this? Lady Light asked as she made her way up the steps. One minute he's on me for not coming down here. Now he's rushing me up out of here. The three women chuckled all the way back up the stairs and back out into the main hallway of the castle. Before stepping over the cellar's threshold, Lady Light quickly spun around on her heels and kissed the wizard on his cheek, causing him to blush. Thank you P.D., Lady Light said, and the three women headed back down the hallway following the strong scent of baking bread. Chapter Break The Jungle City Board is in secession, Papa Big said from his seat at the head of the large circular table. All of the small talk around the room died down as he continued. We have received word from one of our field scouts. Brendan will fill us in on what is going on outside of our walls. Brendan was the highest-ranking human on the Jungle City Board and head of the Frontline Brigade. 
Standing at a stiff 6 feet 3 inches tall and weighing a solid 230 pounds, Brendan was the prominent definition of a jungle city warrior who would be hard to take down in a hand-to-hand combat encounter. Brendan stood up to address the board, Thank you Papa Big. We have received a full report from one of our scouts in the western sector, and he tells us that the small land, Dirty Gold, was overrun by the industry army a few days ago. How many casualties? D-Tiger asked. The Red Tiger had his front paws resting on the top of the table, with his hind legs on the ground, giving off the appearance of sitting on a chair like everyone else. He said, there were only 20 to 30 casualties, Brendan answered. Why so little? Lil Kay, the Duchess of the Brook, asked. Being the only female on the Jungle City board, Lil Kay always made her presence felt in the room when she attended the city meetings. I would say, the elders of Dirty Gold were the ones who were in agreement with any peaceful surrender they could negotiate with the industry army, D-Tiger interjected. And the young were the ones who put up the resistance, Lil Kay added giving everyone in the room a moment to digest her thought. What about the industry army? Papa Big asked, breaking the silence in the room. Now that they are occupying the land of Dirty Gold, are they returning back to industry land? Brendan knew there was no easy way of sharing the tough news he had to deliver to the council, so he just let it be known, no, they are on their way to the brook. How big is their force? D-Tiger asked, ready for the fight. The scout said, the force that attacked Dirty Gold was a very modest squadron. Probably because they didn't see Dirty Gold as a major threat, Lil K interjected. That was also my thought, Brendan said. So why would the scout believe the army is on their way here? D-Tiger asked. The Dirty Gold monarchy had some people search the outer limits before they were attacked. They say word was the army is traveling with enough people to fill up the brook, with a force that is about 10,000 strong, Brendan told the council. So the words I've been hearing are true, Lil K said in a matter-of-fact tone. That the army is seeking world dominance, Papa Big shared with the council, also hinting that he had light knowledge of the army's intentions. Yes. It has been a known fact for some time that Timuz has a thirst to follow in his great-uncle Bully's footsteps to industrialize the entire Musina, Lil K said. But, it seems like he has stepped up his campaigns as of late. I agree, D-Tiger added and he must feel his army is now strong enough to try us. Maybe even the kingdom of Seoul. Okay, so now that we know he is on his way here, we must prepare the welcome they will be looking for, Papa Big said as he stood up. This is going to be the biggest battle our land has ever engaged in. I want our plan of defense, as well as our initial offense, with the management of winning every battle against them, and ultimately being successful in bear, Papa Big said with the strong eyes of a leader. You said, offense. Do you have an offensive plan in mind? D-Tiger asked. Yes. I know Timus will send a small reception, to try and send off the impression that they come in peace. What we're going to do is ambush them in the woods before they can make it here, Papa Big said. If we do it deep enough in the woods, the army will think someone else committed the act, Lil K added, feeding off of Papa Big's energy. That's right and they will spend a few days combing the woods looking for the culprits. When they do, we will pick off as many of their soldiers as we can, until they catch on to our game of separate and pick off, Papa Big said, as he paced back and forth with an animated feel flowing through his body. Around the jungle city people, Papa Big was the gentle and understanding big black bear that paid attention to their needs and protected them from all unwanted forces outside of the brook. 
His ferocious leadership on the battlefield, and his competitive spirit helped him secure many victories for his land. Now that they were faced with going up against their biggest opponent in a long time, Papa Big was brewing on the inside. To defend his land against the industry army, and win the war would put Papa Big in a storied class of defenders of high hop, such as Queen Mary Jane's father, the great godfather. That sounds like a great plan Papa Big, Brendan agreed. This will give us a jump on them, D-Tiger snarled. The thought of leading a sneak attack on the most hated enemies in Musina made his fangs drip with saliva. We can also send out some scouts to take a rough count of their forces. Do you want me to send in one of mine to scout out their camp? Lil Kay asked. A woman might be able to penetrate their inner grounds. Papa Big stared at her, taking in the Duchess' suggestion. It sounds dangerous. Did you have someone in mind? He asked, weighing the idea. Why not me? Lil Kay asked, making everyone sitting around the table look at one another with uncertain expressions. A smile slowly crept up into the corners of the cocoa-colored baby-faced Duchess. 